Welcome to Eternity Now's Worship and Weekly Message, Jesus Christ, Lies, Betrayal, and Triumph. I'm Senior Pastor and Evangelist Kyle Huckins. I hope you're having a blessed Easter that is Resurrection Day weekend. Eternity Now is an evangelism outreach and church headquartered in Scottsbluff, Nebraska, and touching the world. See our weekly message live Saturdays, 5 p.m. Mountain at Facebook.com slash Eternity Now Media, Twitter's at Kyle Huckins, YouTube.com slash at Eternity Now, or LinkedIn as well. Anywhere you're seeing this live now, you can see every week live. And also, if you miss part of the broadcast or in its entirety, you can go back and click on the program and you'll be able to see the full tape. We have our Revelation Bible study Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Mountain as well. Same places and platforms. Our main website is eternitynow.com. E-T-E-R-N-I-T-Y-N-O-W dot C-O-M. It has links to our videos, podcasts, by writing for national Christian websites, our beliefs, background, and more. Our group reached over one million for Christ in our first two years. We want to reach another one million this year alone, but we need your tax-deductible gift to be able to save lives eternally. Just $25 a month reaches 10,000 people with the gospel in a year. Just three cents per soul. Go to EternityNow.com and click support us to see more and give securely so that others might know Jesus. You can use our official secure PayPal donation site, Cash App, or a check. P.O. Box 1422, Scottsbluff, Nebraska 69363. Now let's go to the good word of God. On Palm Sunday, nearly 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ fulfilled prophecy by riding into Jerusalem on the foal of a donkey. Scores of Jews hailed him as their leader, their prophet, waving, shouting, and laying palms in his path. But just a few days later, this same Jesus was rushed through a sham trial, headed to a rendezvous with destiny that would lift him from the earth via a cruel cross. When a Roman ruler gave the Hebrews the opportunity to save the Messiah they'd enthusiastically greeted before, they hated him and forced the official to free a murderer instead of our Lord. Oh, the world is fickle. One day it's in an uproar over some comment that offended someone else. Next it could be fastened on the first lady's outfit. After that, an iceberg floating off into the ocean. But we Christians must keep our gaze fixed to the end on Jesus Christ. For on this weekend, two millennia past, he defeated death, hell, and the grave, rising again, so we could as well. Our message today is Jesus Christ, Lies, Betrayal, and Triumph, drawing on Mark 11, Matthew 26, and Matthew 28. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Oh, Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to look at the Scriptures. We thank you also for the gift of Jesus Christ coming suffering, bleeding, dying, and resurrected, so that we would be able to live forever with him and you too. Oh, Lord God, give us power through this message. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We thank you, Father God, in Christ's name. Amen. We go to Mark 11 first, the first two verses. Now when they, the disciples and Jesus, drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. And he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. Jesus came to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, the deliverance of the Jews from Egyptian plagues into freedom from captivity. This passage in Mark is related to Zechariah 9.9. 9. 
Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly, and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. This is but one of the hundreds of prophecies that Christ fulfilled. John 12, 16 explains, His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered these things were written about them, and they'd done these things to him. When a prophecy or answer to prayer comes to pass, we might not realize that as it unfolds, but afterward the Lord often will bring to mind that this is a fulfillment of what he has said before. Mark 11.3 says, And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. Jesus prepared the disciples for this. He would give them favor with others so that they could fulfill God's word. He still does so today. He's given us the Bible, which has nearly 7,500 promises in it, about 20 for every day of the year, almost one per hour for 12 months. Mark 11, 4-7. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat upon it. Putting clothes on the colt was to show humility and respect in the presence of royalty. Likewise, we should be willing to yield whatever we have to the Lord's service. This is an amazing scene because just a few days later, these same people say, Crucify him! Oh, we are so changeable, but God is unchanging. Let us try to be consistent. Our yes be yes, our no be no, as in James 5.12. Mark 11.8 says, And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. These were palms, hence Palm Sunday. Traditionally, churches burn these palms the following year for Ash Wednesday services to be able to start the Lenten season once again. Ashes are a sign of mourning as well as contrition, repentance. Mark 11.9 Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in Hebrew means please save or praise God, as the people realized they had transcendent greatness in their midst. Luke 19, 39-40 says, Some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. <laughs> Praising God is so important. When we do that, we're giving him his due and stirring the Holy Spirit, as God inhabits the praises of his people. Mark 11:10 cries of the people continue. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. <laughs> we know from the first chapter of Matthew that David is in the lineage of Jesus. Our Lord has much color in his earthly father's line. We find there Jacob the trickster, Solomon the illegitimate child of Bathsheba, the upstanding kings Hezekiah and Josiah as well as the evil Ahaz and repentant Manasseh. And we are often just as colorful as part of the spiritual lineage of our Father by Christ. We should be ever so thankful for his great love, forgiveness, and mercy. In Mark 11, 11, Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, 
he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Jesus soon was to clear the temple of money changers, as described in Matthew 21, 12 to 16. He then was cleansing the temple, for these money changers, these businessmen, were set up, in all likelihood, in the court of the Gentiles, the only place non-believers could go to learn about the true God. This area was now being used to take advantage of people, buying animals for sacrifices at widely inflated prices to benefit the pockets of the temple operators. The priests who were supposed to be giving them the way of salvation, yet they were stealing from their very penitence. We go now to Matthew 26 and Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Verses 56 to 58 say, All the disciples forsook him and fled. And those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard. And he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. No one could stop Jesus as he taught. The religious leaders tried, but soon realized they were no match for him. As cowards, they wouldn't do their dirty work in the light of day, but waited until darkness and their hired men could come. People with unreasoning hatred often want some veneer, some window dressing that looks like fairness and procedure are observed. Don't believe them. Don't be tricked by them. Insist on facts and evidence. And when your friends are charged, don't abandon them. Be loyal. Above all, do not deny Christ. For he says in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, Whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Rather scary, isn't it? Matthew 26, 59-61. Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death. But they found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. The religious rulers' toadies all are against Jesus, but they can't get their lies straight because they're fighting against eternal truth. The law of Moses said two eyewitnesses had to agree for a charge to be valid. But finally, allowed by God, the two then agree on a fib. Their accusation came from distorting John 2.19, when Jesus said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up, speaking not about the meeting place, but his body. And notice that our Lord said that others would destroy the temple, not him. You'd destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Matthew 26, 62-63 says, And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Another tactic of evil is to get the falsely accused to participate in sham proceedings. The father is likely telling Jesus to be quiet. The high priest who runs the trial is getting frustrated. In the very next chapter, Matthew 27, 62-65, we find out that the high priest and his henchmen knew that Jesus wasn't talking about destroying the Jewish temple, but of the death and resurrection of the temple of his body. That reads, On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember, while he was still alive, how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. 
Therefore command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. <laughs> Liars ultimately are always found out, and these ones have that reputation for eternity. Matthew 26, 64-66 Jesus said to him, It is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, Hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power, and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look, now you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? They answered and said, He is deserving of death. Jesus didn't directly say he was the Messiah, but the high priest lunged for it. He was grasping at straws. His mind had been made up well before the proceeding. Christ must die. In fact, he said as much in John 11, verses 49 and 50. You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish. That whole nation perished anyway. Just a generation later, when Rome came, sacked the city, and scattered all the people throughout the world. Our look at Matthew 26 concludes with verses 67 and 68. Then they spat in his face and beat him, and others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ, who is the one who struck you? Well, very spiritual people, beating up a prisoner likely restrained. The religious unsaved ultimately go back to their base instincts. Now we go to Matthew 28, the triumph after the lies of betrayal. Verses 1 to 4. As the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The female disciples came to anoint Jesus' body, trusting God would get them to it, though it sat behind a boulder. The Father came through in a big way, shaking the earth and sending an angel to move that rock. Oh, my friend, shaking and moving are shortly coming to this earth again. The resurrection of the dead, the catching up of those alive who worship Christ, and the tribulation, seven years to test all those who dwell upon this planet. The world will fear the power of God, but not repent just as with these soldiers standing guard. Matthew 28, verses 5 to 7. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. God gave those holy ladies more than they ever could have hoped. Not the corpse of Christ, but a resurrected Lord and Savior never to die again and sure to judge the living and the dead at his appearing. Almighty God is the author of life. Satan is the author of death. And in the end, life wins. My friend, don't follow a world dead in its trespasses and reveling in its sins. Go after the Lord, who forgives our misdeeds and shines His glory in our lives and all across this universe. I'm here to testify Jesus is real. He's changed me and many thousands I know, done miracles spiritual and physical, 
and his word shall come to pass. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Salvation is real. Judgment is real. The second coming is real. The desire of all nations for God is real. The unsaved want us to fear. But I say to you, as Christ, to the parents of a dead 12-year-old girl, do not fear, only believe, just before he brought their little girl back to life. We conclude with Matthew 28, 8 and 18 to 20. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Just as the women that first resurrection day, we need to give others the gospel. Jesus here gives us the great commission in verses 18 to 20. That is the mission statement of eternity now, our outreach and church. Make disciples of all nations translates to every color and culture, every ethnicity, for each person will be judged, and every individual who follows Christ will be saved. Oh, friends, I just preached the funeral of a man who was transgender that I led to salvation. I know the man is in heaven today. He forsook his trip down the broad path to destruction and took the narrow way leading to life. I've seen come to Christ those of all colors, cultures, ages, sexes, sexualities, political persuasions, and social economic groups. While the world has many divisions, all humanity is united by our need for God's forgiveness and new life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have six takeaways from our message today. Number one, what God proclaims and purposes will come to pass. What God proclaims and purposes will come to pass. More than 500 biblical prophecies have been fulfilled, and Jesus was part of many of them. Most of the rest are about the end times and second coming, and so they are shortly to take place. Number two, people are fickle. Never change your principles to please them. People are fickle. Never change your principles to please them. They cheered Christ when he rode in, called for his crucifixion a few days later, and jeered him on the cross. Much the same today are those who apologize to communist dictators for the sake of media sales and reporters selling out the truth to try to bring their perverse political desires to pass. Just because someone says he's a Christian doesn't mean he truly is, number three says. Point number three, just because someone says he's a Christian doesn't mean he truly is. We see in Jesus' trial before the religious leaders that they lied, set up false witnesses, and conspired to murder him. Do not make a decision about God by looking at those claiming to be His. Rather, we should examine the Lord's role in Scripture. For all of us are fallen, but Jesus Christ. (laughs) Number four, don't panic when people desert you. Look to heaven for help. Don't panic when people desert you. Look to heaven for help. God is greater than any situation or circumstance. Christ faced lying accusers at trial, and His followers scattered. Yet he triumphed so greatly. While the world situation is grim today, point five says, heaven is real, and Jesus' own are headed there as their next stop. Number five, while the world situation is grim today, heaven is real, and Jesus' own are headed there as their next stop. As Paul said, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. And the rapture may be any second. 
All Jesus' signs of it are fulfilled. And finally, number six, there is no hope in this universe except salvation through Jesus Christ. There is no hope in this universe except salvation through Jesus Christ. With economies collapsing, more spreading, and hate and lies on the rise, we must look up for our redemption draws near. Luke 21, 28. To those who say they're Christian today, I urge you, don't be the one who cheers Jesus one day and curses him the next. Such convenience leads to hell forever, while faithfulness gains eternal life in heaven. And to those who know they don't have Christ but want him, I now am going to give you the opportunity to know him and be saved. And if you accepted Christ some years ago and have drifted away from him, why don't you pray this as a prayer of rededication and faith in Christ? Connect that power source once again. There are four essentials to salvation. Number one, repent, turn from sin, asking God's forgiveness for what you've done wrong. Every single one of us has fallen short of the glory of God, including your pastor of 20 years. So God will forgive you and give you the power to overcome. Secondly, confess faith in Christ. He is the only way to be saved. His sacrifice and rising open the door for our eternal life. Number three, believe Jesus rose in body and spirit the third day in the tomb. Oh, friends, if his body and spirit are buried, ours will be too. Ah, but his rose and ours will if we believe in him and follow him. And finally, number four, follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Like me, you'll do it imperfectly. Ah, but our Lord Jesus, as we confess our sins, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he'll give us the power to get up, be dusted off, and head toward that cross again. I'm going to give you a prayer of repentance and faith that you can repeat after me. And if it's the desire of your heart, if you really believe what you're saying, You'll be saved. You'll open that door to the kingdom of God. And just keep walking in it, and you will be able to go right into heaven one day. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Father God, I repent of my sins. Please forgive me. I confess faith that Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross paid for my sins. I believe he rose the third day in the tomb in both body and spirit. And I will follow him as Lord and Savior, repenting should I fall. Come into my heart, Lord God, and save me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Oh, friends, so be it, and it is. That's what amen, or amin in Hebrew means. You may feel tingling. You may feel an extreme peace. You may not feel anything in particular. But know that according to the scriptures, you've given your life to Christ. So now that you're saved, what do you do? Well, you need to be baptized on the right side of the cross, having believed. It's a public profession of faith that Jesus, even though he was the only man who ever lived who didn't have to do it, went ahead and did it in the River Jordan in front of everybody as a, as a message to us that we needed to go forth in the newness of life the same way. We also need to read the Bible. 
How do we find out about all these promises we can have? By going through its pages. How do we get those in our lives? Well, we pray to receive them. We pray alone when we're solo, and we pray with someone else for a magnifying of power. For Jesus Christ said in Matthew 18 that whenever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We come to church in person or online. You can go and gather with us Saturdays, 5 p.m. Mountain right here. You also can get on our social media on Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Mountain for Revelation Bible Study. Fellowship with other believers. You need to spend time with the people of God. God may be giving you some brand new friends. And I'll tell you, they'll be able to stick with you through thick and thin in the Lord. And finally, pursue personal relationship with Almighty God. Fred, he put together your soul, knit it together, and placed it in the womb there with your body, which he also gave the beginning of through Adam and Eve to be made. He says in Jeremiah 1.5 to that prophet, before you were in the womb, I knew you, and I called you as a prophet to the nations. You are not an accident no matter what anybody says. You are purposed, and God has a plan for your life. Remember, Eternity Now is an evangelism outreach in church that meets in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, and touches the world. See the weekly message live Saturdays, 5 p.m. Mountain on Facebook.com slash Eternity Now Media. Twitter's at Kyle Huckins. YouTube.com slash at Eternity Now. And our LinkedIn as well. Anywhere you're seeing this live now, you can see every week live. We also have a Revelation Bible study Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Mountain, on the same places and platforms. Our group is two years old, and at that time reached 1,047,514 for Christ. We want to reach another million this year alone, but we need your help. 100 people donating $25 a month, each reaching 10,000 people with the gospel in a year, will do it. Just go to EternityNow.com and click Support Us to see more and give securely via PayPal, the official dedicated secure donation site, via Cash App, or via check. Let's now go to our Father in Heaven in prayer. Oh, Father God, help us to be faithful even when under pressure and challenge from the world. We ask you to purify and empower us in our walk in evangelism that we may bring as many to you as possible. We pray for our government to follow you as well, O oh God. We celebrate the good news, the world's largest toy museums gaining attendance. We pray your comfort to Aaron, Suzanne, Scott, Kevin, Julie, Will, Teresa, Jack, Amanda, and all suffering losses. We ask for good health for all. We pray your help to the falsely accused. We pray your help and salvation for Terry, Connie, Cindy, and Frankie. We ask your blessing on those giving in various ways to make this broadcast, Preaching Salvation, available to those who need it. We also ask for all watching and listening to be blessed in every way they need. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm pastor and evangelist Kyle Huckins, thanking you for worshiping with us. Be sure to take a look at our main website, www.eternitynow.com, E-T-E-R-N-I-T-Y-N-O-W.com, where you can find links to all our videos, where to download our new podcast, see our beliefs, my writings for national Christian outlets, the way of salvation, and more. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, and give you peace. Shalom, my friend, this Easter, this Resurrection Day. Shalom.